0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. We have got a Constructors Champion and tons more to dive into, so congratulations to Red Bull. Big surprise there. <laughs> Just kidding. It's very well-deserved and super exciting. But for the J- Japanese Grand Prix, shout out to the Discord crew for staying up or waking up early or late last night it was such a blast in there and you all made the energy and the race so fun so as always shout out to them and with that i'm tiggy and
1: i'm sarah getting into our main takeaways there were a lot of big stories this weekend there was just a lot going on <laughs> overall red bull wrapping up constructors was so well deserved after just leaving all the other teams in the literal and metaphorical rearview window <laughs> all season. But meanwhile, Chekka was just really struggling, and I think this was the worst performance we've seen from him in a while. And meanwhile, the confirmation of Danny's contract with AlphaTauri for next year, I think stirs up some more 2025 questions about the Red Bull seat. And we, of course, on the pod are so thrilled that Oscar re-signed with McLaren. Great to see a much-deserved first podium for him. And I'm really excited to get into some of these Teammate fights and scrappy radios. There was just a lot going on during this race. It felt like kind of a low level of chaos between <laughs> race engineers and drivers, between teammates. Trouble in paradise for George and Lewis, question mark. Um, so lots to discuss.
0: Yes. Retweet the above. I am so pumped for McLaren. Their well-deserved double podium, which is so exciting. And at this rate, they are well on their way to chasing Aston Martin for that fourth constructor spot. They're only 49 points behind now. So that's a big jump and not something we would have predicted at the beginning of the season. So incredible to see their progress and just continued momentum. Like Sarah said, so happy for Oscar, especially on the back of his three-year contract signing. I, I'm excited to talk about that as well. It's like that's a long contract, but it's huge. Yeah. yeah, so impressive. Obviously, Max really made a statement, huge mic drop with just the perfect weekend <laughs> on all fronts and largest quality gap in 19 years. That is insane. <laughs> and like Sarah said, just crazy contrast to Checo's quite bizarre and just disappointing weekend and exciting to discuss these teammate troubles up and down the grid, but also for some wholesome content. We, I just one of my favorite moments all weekend was the Seb's bee situation and all of the grid showing up to do artwork and you know set up these beehives and whatnot. I just thought that, that was, was so, so nice. Cool. <laughs> In the name of biodiversity, we love long live Seb. Love that for love it for F one and for everybody.
1: How about MVP Tiggy? Who you got? Oscar,
0: first podium for him in F1 driver of the day. I know he seemed less than enthused with his pace and his reaction himself. I know. (laughs) I was like, Oscar, enjoy this moment, sir. (laughs) Um, He definitely had some luck with the virtual safety car pit stop, but yeah, he was just being so tough on himself. He really deserves a big congrats for it being his first time ever racing at Suzuka. Not an easy track to go out. A, put your car on the front row in quality and then B, keep it on podium for the race. So first rookie to score a podium since Stroll in 2017. Wow. Obviously went immediately to his mom Nicole's Twitter, which if you have not checked her out, she's an icon on Twitter. And <laughs> Oh my gosh, what was she saying? This one wasn't... Maybe it's like mother like son and not like super ecstatic, but she was like, well done, Oscar. And she posted a picture of all his old trophies and was like, can I get rid of some of these now? (laughs) It's just really funny.
1: (laughs) That's a good one. That's so good. I think for me, absolute shocker, Max.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He deserves that. I'll give it to you. Yeah,
1: he, he, he does deserve it, I think. It, it was just amazing to see after such a tough weekend for the team in Singapore, him to come out just so hungry, so determined, and put together this perfect weekend when clearly just has this relentlessness that he could have probably won with, I don't know how much less effort, 30% less effort, <laughs> and just wanted to go out there clearly and as such a competitor that even after a bad weekend as a champion contender still wants to kind of redeem himself and have that weekend. and it was just unbelievable and as we get in, as we we'll get into i think obviously he has a generationally fast car um but at the same time when your teammate is more back in the midfield with ferrari mercedes in that whole scrap it just goes to show like it ob- it is both the driver and the car cuz you can have the fastest car but you still need to make it work every single weekend and that's what max has shown this entire season
0: totally his fastest lap i think was a second and a half faster than anybody else's lap in the race
1: <laughs> which like and i think he was maybe on a different tire i saw a really funny meme that was like when you wake up and see that Max's lap is way faster than everyone else and go back to
0: sleep. The memes were iconic for this race. I think between the lateness in the States and the earliness in Europe and just all the craziness, the memes were on fire.
1: Yeah, it was so funny. Well, speaking of checkout, how about LVDs? Uh, Yeah,
0: that's going to be mine, unfortunately. I think. It's so disappointing and frustrating because it's one thing to drive a poor race or have a tough weekend for yourself, but it's another thing entirely to just recklessly ruin another person's race or stick your nose into a hoss. And he's done that to others recently when he's had no room and it just feels super opportunistic. And I don't know, the announcers were making some interesting speculations like, oh, maybe... You know, he just thinks that when a Red Bull comes through, like people are going to move out of the way. But I don't know if that's true. That was a fascinating (laughs) perspective. Yeah, that was fascinating. It's definitely not true when you're in kind of the midfield, maybe. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. But he got penalized for it. More penalty points on his license. But just... The contrast between Checo and Max this weekend was probably the starkest we've seen all season. And to rub salt in the wound, uh, Checo DNFing broke Red Bull's 100% finish streak this season. So that's a bummer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally agree with all of that. I have to add, I think, overall, just the Botas DNF. It was so sad. And he, I feel like, is a good sport. But he won. A few here at Suzuka a few years ago. And just it was such a reminder of how he is a multiple, multiple, multiple time Grand Prix winner was for half a decade consistently up there on the podium with Lewis. Remember, it went through the era of mm-hmm. ham Verbot being the podium. Yep. And <laughs> he's an incredible driver. And so it's just hard to see him not be able to show that. And it just can't be fun needing to travel. I don't know, 250 days of the year and just be kind of grinding. And I I really hope that soon the team can turn around. He can get kind of an opportunity to show what he's got to work with here. And, of course, what makes it even more frustrating is that it wasn't his fault. It was from Logan hitting him.
0: Totally. Um,
1: so I think just overall bad luck and just I want justice for Botas soon.
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. Poor guy. At least he's got his companies and his cycling and his saunas to keep him
1: Yes. (laughs) Thankfully, he has like 82 other hobbies. Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. For our hot takes, so I don't think any of our AlphaTauri hot takes came true this weekend. Yeah, we were heavy on the AlphaTauri. (laughs) For me, I had said points for Yuki, home race, obviously. He unfortunately got P12 again, but... I will count it as a slight win for him, just given that he finished the race after not completing a single lap in the past two races. So I guess everything is up from there.
1: True. Yeah, I think I had points for Liam. So also it did not happen. And actually, the weekend went very poorly, if you consider the fact that the off-tower receipt got announced. I know. We'll talk all about that. (laughs) Yes, not the best weekend. We have a lot to get into with that.
0: For practice. So of course, Max just looked unstoppable, starting a real trend for the weekend. He swept every single practice. A highlight, though, is the amazing new camera angle that they were testing on Lewis's car. You can get a much better sense of speed, elevation changes. You can see the banking on corners, which is a really cool part. Uh, Will Buxton was hyping up the camera department so much. So love to see that. <laughs> and it was then- so good.
1: He was like, I just have to say, The incredible people in the camera department have done all this. He was genuinely like more thrilled about this than anything else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's iconic. There was also a hilarious quote in FP1. Carlos is like, that green stuff from the McLaren is on me. What's it called? (laughs) The engineer is like, Floviz. How long have you been in Formula One, Carlos? (laughs) um gasley unfortunately had a big off in fp2 caused a red flag with only two minutes left he really was just struggling with the car all weekend so happy he was able to get uh in the top 10 for the race but that was an unfortunate start to the weekend
1: definitely for quali there were big tire drag problems this weekend we saw this a lot in quali we saw this a lot in the race it was a lot warmer than suzuka normally is so The tire degradation was just pretty extreme. The soft tires were not holding up at all. So we saw this in quality of teams needing to be extremely conscious about their tire choices to try to conserve tires for the race. So in Q1, started off with a big crash for Logan, which was so tough, caused a red flag only a few minutes into the session. Both Williams had been really struggling with rear grip. It was just tough to see when he has to be performing. His seat is now the only unconfirmed seat for 2024 after the few announcements we had this weekend. There were a ton of traffic in the first few minutes. Huge line of cars trying to get out of the pit lane. Alban had his first lap deleted, was in a time crunch, but pulled it out. Joe was out and was mad about traffic. So just start of a really tough few days for Alfa Romeo. So for eliminations, we had Botas, Stroll, Hulkenberg, Joe, and Sargent.
0: For Q2, lots of strategy on tires because, again, the degradation was so bad that the priority really was just conserving tires for the race as much as possible. So the eliminations we had in Q2, we had Liam Lawson, Barely, which was a bummer, Gasly, Albon, Ocon, and K-Mag. Yuki made it through, which was exciting. It was his first Q3 since Monaco in front of a big home crowd. So at least he had that moment.
1: Yes, that was exciting. For Q3, this was wild. Max was just on fire. One of his best quality drives of the season. It was really just so dominant. It was wild. Big As, as we said earlier, biggest gap between pole and P2 in around 20 years. Max was up almost six-tenths from Piastri and P2. He was seventh-tenths up from Checo there is a crazy graphic showing kind of physically where the cars would have been when Verstappen crossed the line because when we hear these little increments it sounds like oh half a second is tiny but when you think about how fast the cars are and you look at what that means in terms of track placement and distance it's actually very significant and so it shows Verstappen this graphic shows Verstappen crossing the line and then the next four cars all bunched up like all the way down the main straight including the other Red Bull <laughs> so just wild
0: It's also especially crazy this year given how close the quality spreads are. Like we've had record quality spreads for the top 10. So this was just – it felt like Max was like, I'm out here to prove a point after last weekend and I'm going to show you what I'm made of. (laughs) And he certainly did.
1: (laughs) There was also a huge showing from McLaren at Piastri. Really threw it down for P2 and Lando got P3. It was Oscar's first front row start in F1, which was so deserving. It was kind of just inevitable. Um, we felt like it was coming soon. He is so humble. And as we're saying, he's so self-critical. Like in his interview, he was criticizing himself for his second flying lap, not improving in Q3 when he got P2.
0: Oscar. I love it, but you know, just enjoy it, mate.
1: A humble king. I know we have to hype him up. He, yeah. I, I uh... I hopefully, I think a lot of people are on the Oscar hype train, which is good. He's incredible.
0: Our Discord has been manifesting this all season, so people were going buck wild in there, which was great.
1: <laughs> so for the final order, we had Verstappen, Piastri, Norris, Leclerc, Checo, Sainz, Hamilton, Russell, Sonoda, and then Alonso, and... A quick note on the fans, it was nice to see in Max's interview, the first thing he said was just thanking the fans for being so passionate about the sport. It seems like the fans in Japan really are on another level of just true love for F1. The energy looked amazing all weekend, so it seems like an awesome place to to race.
0: It is high, high on my list. I would love to go to Suzuka sometime.
2: Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1Rthegirls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1Rthegirls for 15% off today. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder green machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production.
0: And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code FORTHEGIRLS at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, fleurmarch com. Use code FORTHEGIRLS for 20% off your first order. <laughs>
2: Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Takova's your number one place for festival style this spring, and don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tecovas. They have a first-wear comfort, which basically means there's no break-in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal personalized and with regular live music and events there's really no in-store experience like it if you can't make it to a store though just visit T E C O V A S. t-e-c-o-v-a-s.com they offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and they ship right to your door go to Tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today
0: so for the start of the race, some main highlights. Overall, it felt a little bit strange and chaotic. We had five DNFs, both the Williams, like we said, Stroll, Checo, Botas. And since di- Tired egg was such an issue, this was a, t- a three-stop race for a lot of the grid, which I think a lot of people were expecting. Some George tried the one-stopper, and I think some were expecting two, but three stops. So most of the grid started on mediums. Some of the main highlights, the start was crazy at the front of the field. Max had to fend off McLaren on both sides, which looked dicey for a second. And Lando ended up getting through to P2. He had a really great start. But both Ferraris, Checo and Lewis, went four wide on a not particularly wide track. And Checo and Lewis made contact. There was a there was big contact a bit further back down the field, which triggered a safety car. And Ocon, Joe, Botas and Albon were all involved and Albon had a pretty big impact. So all four drivers had to pit the first lap, which was a bummer. Um,
1: I can't imagine how discouraging that is when you're looking at what is it 52 laps in front of you and you just kind of (laughs) know your race is over within 30 seconds like as you're pulling into the pits. It's so hard.
0: Or if you're a Checo sitting in your garage for 20 laps just in, <laughs> in your seat.
1: It's so exciting. We
0: can, to talk I can't about wait. That.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right, let's so start with Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull, yeah. We'll start with the positives here. Wrapped up constructors, really glad they got to properly celebrate because if you all remember, last year was kind of a weird non event. So glad they got their Big, big moment. It looked like they were all having a blast and a really well-deserved celebration. Max is looking likely to win the driver's championship in Qatar next weekend. He mathematically could pull it off in the sprint. So that's interesting. And even with Checo struggling a bit, they still are on track to get Red Bull's first ever one, two in the driver's championship, but it's not really a given Lewis isn't that far behind. uh, So we will see. And Max just really showing all weekend why he is about to be a three time world champion. Just so focused and determined and, Yeah, the Delta to Checo was uh, something to behold. It was, (laughs) I don't know. Tiggy, I think you got to walk us through this. (laughs) Okay,
0: let's walk through his his woes. It is hard to quantify what a series of unfortunate events this was. So like we said, contact with Hamilton off the line. He needed a new front wing immediately. While pitting for the new front wing under the safety car, he violated safety car rules by passing a car on the way in, got a five-second penalty for that, went back out with a new front wing then did an attempted dive on the inside of K-Mag which we had <laughs> just talked about the he didn't have space barely got his front wing in just even the announcers were like what in the world was that so then he had to pit for a second new front wing, and the announcers were like, they're gonna be running out of those front wings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <was> so tough.
0: <laughs> then he went back out, but he had too much damage, and they decided to retire the car, or so we thought. As he retired, he got another five second penalty for causing a collision with K Mag. And then in the bizarre turn of events, they then put him back in the car to try (laughs) to send him back out to serve the penalty. So he sat in the car for, like we said, like 20 minutes, multiple laps, only to go out and do a lap or two so he could come in and serve the penalty which is a bit of a loophole in the regulations that I imagine the FIA will look to close in some way, shape or form. But essentially Red Bull put him back out there with the intention of getting that penalty out of the way so it doesn't affect his race in Qatar in terms of a grid place penalty or a grid drop or something like that. But yeah, the FIA will <laughs> definitely be closing this loophole. The yeah. announcers
1: were – the announcers were being so funny. They were just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the memes I was seeing, someone was like, when you hear Red Bull has two DNFs and you think it's Max and Checo and it's just Checo. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so brutal. I can't imagine what's running through your mind when – and so the announcers were saying, which I think was probably true, is they were probably going back and forth with the stewards trying to figure out if they were allowed to do this. Um And Checo, meanwhile, is just sitting in the car with kind of the coolers on the brakes, the fans blowing on him, just (laughs) straight-faced, like, sitting in the car in the garage. The
0: most iconic moment, speaking of being hyped about the camera people, is when Max came in for a pit stop, and they're filming Max's pit stop, like, beautiful, obviously, two-something seconds, and then they pan to Checo in the garage, just (laughs) sitting in his seat. (laughs) Like they understood the assignment. I was thinking
1: about that <laughs> with some of these DNFS of how hard it must be when you're maybe getting in the safety car, and then getting out and have such a long walk down the pit lane with so many cameras in your face. It's yeah, tough. A lot of that this weekend too. Seriously. So
0: for Ferrari, pretty average to meh weekend. The car was not fast enough for podium contention, but also a fine weekend overall. Nothing went wrong in particular, which is usually a win. Uh, Lap 37, so Sainz, he was running in P2, somehow realized that Hamilton in P7 had undercut him and brought it up before his race engineer did. So just another example of Sainz's strategic mind doing God's work.
1: <laughs> I know. I was wondering what did he see it on one of the big screen TVs or did he see Hamilton pull into the fit lane? I don't <laughs> I don't know, but I'm assuming since he was in P2, I'm assuming he must have seen it on a screen.
0: That's crazy. I don't understand how these drivers are going at 200 plus miles an hour and watching screens. How?
1: It's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. And then saying something in such a cool, in such a cool common collected voice like, oh, do we just get undercut? Yeah. Which I saw on a screen while I was driving 200 miles an hour.
0: <laughs> CEO Ferrari was there again. Unfortunately, he was not the good luck charm that they needed, but uh, he did his duty last weekend.
1: For Mercedes, there was a P5 for Lewis, which means he continues his streak of always finishing top five at Suzuka. There was a P7 for George. There were some kind of spicy teammate battles in here. First, George passed Hamilton in the first stint of the race, and Hamilton got a slipstream, went to pass him back. George was kind of pretty nice about it, wasn't too aggressive on the defense. But then later in the race when they had some wheelable action, Hamilton was definitely a bit more aggressive, pushed George off track at one point. George complained on the radio about whether they should race each other or the other cars. (laughs) I love that all the drivers kind of have this line that they use to the engineers. It's always the same thing. (laughs) Like Carlos and Charles have said it recently too of, oh, are we supposed to be racing each other or the other
0: cars? (laughs) It's so (laughs) passive aggressive. I love it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's so funny.
0: Uh, so then at the end of the race, this was lap 49, there there were explicit team orders against George. So George was fighting back on those, and his engineer was like, that's an instruction, George. <laughs> and so what was happening here, Signs was about to pass Hamilton with Russell in front of Hamilton. So Lewis had been like, let's get a move on. We're wasting time here. So uh, that's when they gave the team orders, and Lewis was able to pass George.
1: Yeah. I do think it left George as a bit of a sitting duck, but then Hamilton helped George out with the DRS. And I do think when there's a super obvious pace, Delta, the driver in front never wants to be told to let the other driver through. But a lot of the times that just is what makes the most sense. But it was interesting. Again, the announcers were having so much fun of they kept saying about Mercedes, like, ooh, it's going to be an interesting debrief because <laughs> it kind of felt a little more testy than it usually
2: is.
0: There was an incredible quote. I can't remember if it was Martin Brundle or someone else, but he was like, When the wolf is away, the boys will play because Toto was not oh, at this race. My
1: God. That's <laughs> that so was, funny. I, I can imagine him being like, Principles out. I'm violating team orders. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there is also the hilarious Carlos radio at this point where he was like, They're using my trick against me, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think this situation definitely a little testy on the radio, but I think. It was a little bit of heat of the moment, frustration. But at the end of the day, Sarah, like you were saying, George was A, on a less good strategy, had older tires, not fast as, not as fast as Lewis on pace. And I think the end result was what it should have been. Um, but always hard in the moment to be told to let your teammate pass. And always scary when you're going side by side, wheel to wheel with your teammate on multiple occasions.
1: <laughs> totally. I'm actually – And now that I think of it, I think besides, I forget what race it was, but besides the Alpines wrecking each other at one point, which was also kind of caught up in a broader chaos of lap one, it might've been Imola or a race earlier in the summer. um, But we haven't seen any teammate wipeouts. And I feel like we have had a lot of teammate wheel to wheel racing recently with McLaren, Ferrari, Red Bull. I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a teammate incident.
0: That Ferrari one was crazy. I would have expected that to end poorly. (laughs) Still both heroes for coming out of that cleanly.
1: (laughs) Seriously. For Alpine, they got a P9 and a P10. So overall, it was a pretty good race for them, considering that Gasly had been struggling a lot all weekend, just given the overall reliability issues. Ocon was probably relieved to just finish the race. So I'm sure (laughs) P9 and P10 was, was welcomed. So that was a pretty good result. For McLaren, Piastri re-signed through 2026. So three more years. We're so excited. Tiggy, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I was so happy to see this. I like I said at the beginning, I I'm not surprised it's that long of a contract, but it's it's one of the longer ones for sure. But I I do think it makes sense for both parties. McLaren, obviously, Oscar has just shown he is absolutely the best rookie out there, one of the better rookies we've seen in a very long time such a bright future so it makes sense why they would want to lock him down on Oscar's side i think it also makes sense to a certain degree although when i think of like 2025 and the seats that will be opening up that season and the season after there are you know big hitting seats available but mclaren has proved that they have developed a super fast car. They're definitely up there. They're probably chasing Aston Martin for that fourth, and if they had started the season where they are now, they probably would be fighting for second, if not in second. So, yeah, I think it's I think it makes sense for both parties. I'm just curious about the length.
1: Totally, and it's good for McLaren. I do wonder if the duration would have been that long if it wasn't for their huge upgrades and turnarounds recently, because I kind of suspect it would have maybe been a one-to-two-year extension because, yeah, in 2025, we're going to have a Red Bull seat. We're going to start having Ferrari seats. Lewis might retire at some point. But I think clearly there is just so much trust and kind of optimism for the future between both parties. Like, as we all remember from last year, Piastri fought to be a McLaren driver. He really wanted to be there. Clearly believes in the long-term future of the organization. And I think McLaren has really proved itself this year, just by and away winning the development race. Piastri clearly has really gelled with the team. Everything's going fabulously. So, yeah, I think in that in that context, three makes sense. But it's definitely a testament to how outstanding of a rookie he is because a rookie podium and then getting a three-year extension with a top team is <laughs> – it's giving future world champion for sure. It
0: is. And I think there's something to be said for developing at a single team. You know, we, we look at – Lewis. I mean, I know he started at McLaren, but he really developed mostly with Mercedes. And we look at some of the Ferrari drivers in the past and Max, obviously, with Red Bull. There is something to be said, I think, for developing with a team who knows you
1: and having that trust. So all good things. Definitely. And also, we talk about this a lot in in terms of Checo and Daniel Ricciardo. We talked about a bit in terms of comparison to IndyCar of how it can be really hard if the fundamentals of the car don't gel with your driving style Mm -hmm. and clearly whatever fundamentals the McLaren car has are working with his driving style. And so there is always kind of that risk that if you switch and it's just kind of a a different car on the most basic level that you'll struggle with that. Like in Ferrari, they've been saying recently how now the car has developed kind of more towards think an oversteery car, which Carlos likes more and Charles doesn't. So That's another kind of interesting factor. Just clearly that's been like a good match so far.
0: Definitely. A couple other McLaren highlights. So like we said, Oscar got lucky pitting right as the virtual safety car was called, which moved him up into P2. He definitely deserved some good safety car luck after his Silverstone safety car horrible luck that one time. Uh, but then later, Lando had fresh tires, caught up to him, and was faster. This was another example of some spicy teammate moments where Lando was complaining about Oscar not complying with team orders fast enough. Lando said, quote, it's just ruining the race now, which is a bit dramatic. <laughs> and Lando's engineer at one point was like, I'm working on it, which is funny.
1: Yeah, that was so funny. But well um, that ends well. Yes, exactly. For Alfa Romeo, really just on the struggle bus out there – Really unfortunate because they had thought on Thursday and Friday that the car looked pretty good. Then, sadly, Joe got caught up in the first lap. Chaos in the midfield. Had to pit after the first lap. And then Bottas had that DNF after getting hit by Logan. So, tough, tough weekend. For Aston Martin, Stroll had to retire with a rear wing failure, which was pretty unusual. So then Alonso had to get warned to try to minimize vibrations, not run over the curbs too much. Alonso was he was not happy. He was yelling at his engineer way more than usual. He just seemed rattled. He yelled at them for pitting him into bad traffic. He said, quote, you've thrown me to the lions by stopping that (laughs) early. And then it seemed like at one point he was just kind of yelling at them for just being mad that the car was slow, which at that point there's not much they can do, but it was just another reminder of how stark Aston Martin has fallen behind in the development race, which, we all kind of knew they had warned about from the beginning of the season, like when you're making the adjustment to being a front of the pack team, so much of that is in-season development, which they don't have experience with, but it's it's becoming extremely stark, especially compared to McLaren.
0: And it must be hard for him, you know, one race he's on podium and then he's falling behind in the kind of back midfield area. It just feels a little bit inconsistent, which is probably pretty frustrating. Definitely. For Williams, the tough double DNF. Logan had his big quality crash. Then in the process of fixing the car and the chassis, they accidentally violated the regulations. So he got a 10 second penalty, had to start from the pit lane. So he starts then shortly into the race, has a big lockup, runs into Botas, causes Botas to retire. Gets a five-second penalty. But for Alpha Tauri, we had some spicy wheel-on-wheel action here. Speaking of teammate battling, Liam finished P11, and he has finished there or better in the last three consecutive races, which is awesome. Yuki, like we said, unfortunately, P12. But we have to discuss the re-signing of Danny and Yuki. This is so interesting to me. I yeah, that was a huge <laughs> announcement. I'm not mad about Danny being around, but it just seems like a curious move given Liam's performance. The fact that AlphaTauri, by definition, is a junior team. Lawson is a promising – he's basically as promising a junior it seems like they could get, but I don't know. Maybe it just depends on their strategy with the rebrand, the goal of bringing AlphaTauri a bit closer to Red Bull next season. Maybe they just want stability, experience. But if I were Red Bull looking at a relatively young world champion – in max who in theory has many years left i would focus on finding and developing the next max rather than kind of holding out hope that an older driver recovers the form he once had and just maybe a little bit more of a short-term investment so i don't know i also thought it was weird that the alpha announcement was also announcing liam kind of at the same time as a reserve driver it just felt like a weird weird messaging i don't know
1: agreed it was yeah that was interesting i'm My initial thought is I'm super excited that Danny has the seat. It's no secret. I'm definitely a Danny Rick fan, and I want him back in the Red Bull organization and hopefully able to show that he's still got it and still has, like, the pace and talent that made him Max's most competitive teammate at Red Bull. Um, But at the same time, I am super sad for Liam. Like, his performance has just been unbelievable. I think he's shown – resoundingly that he really really deserves a seat and it just goes to show how much kind of luck and timing also plays into getting an f1 seat like not only do you need the talent you need to show your talent at the exact right time and then have that line up with openings at the exact right time and it seems like he's just gotten really unlucky in the driver market because i i want him to have a seat so i feel bad for liam in this um i kind of would have preferred danny and liam (laughs) That's um, Yeah,
0: I've seen a lot of people saying that, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, or this would be cra- – this is not going to happen. This would be insane, but imagine Liam replacing Checo.
0: <laughs> I think mean, that was one of my hot takes, <laughs> but I just like – I don't know. It seems weird for the Red Bull organization to do that. Like it, then just sign Danny in that Red Bull seat if you're looking for someone to fill in for a year or two until that, you know – opens up, develop Liam in the junior team, bring him up, you know, to graduate later. It just feels weird, but I don't know. The other wrinkle in this is the unconfirmed Williams seat. So if they decide not to re-sign Logan, the Brazilian media published a piece saying that Felipe Drogovic, the Aston Martin reserve driver, is potentially in talks for that, but that feels a bit opportunistic from the Brazilian media, but you never know. And then obviously Liam Lawson – could be in the running there as well. I think the rumors up and down the paddock are that apparently Williams is committed to re-signing, developing Logan. I think Williams has traditionally been a very friendly, a rookie-friendly team that gives drivers more time than other teams cough-cough might. (laughs) (laughs) Logan's season has been plagued by a lot of bad luck, but... It does feel like a shame, again, not to have Liam on the grid. Like, what else does a rookie have to do to prove that they deserve a seat? So to a degree, I respect giving Logan as a rookie more than half a season before jumping on to the next, but it hurts. So, yeah, I don't know. The last Hail Mary is that Red Bull seat.
1: Yeah, I guess the theory would be what you were saying earlier about Red Bull maybe committing to younger talent and finding the next big thing because – their whole theory of signing Checo was the younger, inexperienced drivers that they put up with Max. So after Danny left, when we had Gasly and then Albon in that seat, and both of them just really underperformed, had a hard time, couldn't keep up with Max, crashed a lot, all of the above. And then the theory behind Checo was Checo had been such a strong, gritty, consistent driver who could just gener- had proven that he could generate results and was extremely experienced. And so they decided they would take that instead, which I think has worked to some extent and has also really not worked to some extent. Like when you think about the fact that this should be, theoretically, you should have a Red Bull 1-2 every race. And that just has been very far from the case. And so I can imagine Red Bull kind of thinking, okay, the young and experienced route didn't work out. We tried the older experienced hand route. That didn't work out. Maybe we'll go back to the young, inexperienced route. I don't know. I think it would be pretty rogue. That would be crazy to put him in a Red Bull. So I probably don't think it's going to happen. But I am super curious about what their thought process will be for – the 2025 seat that will be I feel like just such a hot topic all of next year
0: seriously Liam Lawson did I think he did like a rapid fire thing with Sky Sports and they asked him his dream teammate and he said Max so yeah I saw that (laughs) maybe some (laughs) foreshadowing we'll see so to round out the teams here Haas K-Mag sadly was the victim of Checo's dive bomb finished last of the cars that finished Nico finished second to last, so really not a a weekend to write home about for them. But hoping they can get some momentum heading into the U.S. races, finish the season strong.
1: So fingers crossed. And for some quick other news, in terms of new potential F1 entrants, three F1 team bids were rejected by the FIA this week, which has left Andretti as the only remaining contender. This does make sense that it seemed all along like Andretti was the most serious bidder and kind of plausible contender and has the money to pay anti-dilution fees and to generally field an F1 team. And so now it seems like they're at kind of the final F1 FIA approval stage. So we'll see what happens. I do hope they get approved, but that would be – that would be just – such a massive moment adding an 11th team
0: that would be huge news yeah I think it goes to Stefano Domenicali and F1 to approve so we shall see but yeah with their Cadillac partnership GM I think they definitely are the most serious so we'll see I think Zach Brown said he's in favor but most of the other team principals are not about it
1: <laughs> I love Zach Brown our American king being like let some Americans in, yeah. please. <laughs> um also what we were just talking about about how the driver market is so competitive that you have people rookies who can actively score points in an f1 race who can't get a seat so adding two seats is also nice and totally perspective as well
0: totally there i think there are gonna be a lot of shakeups with audi coming in too it's gonna be interesting so to wrap up radio of the week we gave it to oscar i'll remember that for a long time wasn't the most exciting, excited tone of radios when you score your first podium in F1, but it was it was a good quote.
1: He's just so level-headed and calm, cool, and collected. I love it.
0: <laughs> exactly. For drivers, Verstappen has 400 points, and it looks like he'll cinch the title in Qatar, like we said. Checo's still P2 with 223, but Hamilton has 190, so it's not necessarily a given yet that Red Bull will get the 1-2, which they have never achieved in the past. So this would be a big moment for them, counting on Checo, to to round that out. Then we have Alonso with 174, Sainz 150, uh, Lando and George are tied at 115, and Piastri jumped from 11th to 9th in the standings with this result. Wow. For constructors, Red Bull has the title with a whopping 623 points, Mercedes 305, Ferrari close behind with 285, Aston Martin also isn't too far off with 221, and then McLaren 172. So that battle for second, third, and fourth is heating up. And with that, we will see you next for a Qatar preview and perhaps some interviews, fun interviews before that.